what it do, what the business is. It's another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holler at your boy, Animal underscore Brown. Wait, hold on, time. <laughs> Man, holler at your boy, Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on social media. I am Spike Lou on the same social sites. What's good? Mask mandates are lifted, man. I heard you was out here in these all-star streets. Absolutely not. Watch the all-star game from the comfort of my couch. Just like you had a grown tickets man. to the skills competition. I didn't watch that, though. I don't believe that. No, nah, I didn't watch the skills competition. What'd you think about the all-star game? It was okay. I tuned out fourth quarter, though. <laughs> like, Did you do any of the festivities that were in the city of Atlanta that you live in, sir? No. The fuck? You didn't do nothing? Hell no. I, I was scared to get out. Yeah, I ain't got time I'm, for that. All the way out the way. Yeah, that ain't nothing. We appreciate everybody, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Special episode last week. We back in the swing of things. And this week, man, we paying an homage to Biggie on his death day, man. We want to go over the documentary that came out on Netflix. We also want to just review life after death, man, and talk about the greatness of that album. Also, we want to talk about game running a pay for play this week. DJ Academics is questioning Jay-Z selling his companies. Also, the total streams by label. Are you surprised at the names on there? But first, we want to kick everything off with your man's Aubrey. He dropped a three-piece Scary Hours Part 2. Animal Brown, how do you feel about the three songs? Um, I, I, You asked me how I got out the house for All-Star Weekend. I have been to club in probably about eight or nine years. And this Drake Scary Hours 2 almost got me out of retirement. You hear me? My boy is back. Even the biggest Drake haters I saw online had to give it to them. They were like, okay, now nah, these, okay, these three records, they, they kind of tough. They tough. You could find one that you gravitated toward more. Some people rock with the little baby joint a little more. Some people, the raw song is more their vibe. Um, others, I pretty much I saw a lot of people like the what's next joint. It's a catchy like club type joint. This made me a little bit more excited to hear what the Certified Lover Boy is going to sound like. Because I like all three of these songs equally. Not even on no stand shit. I just think they're three solid songs. Like I, I, and they had replay value. So um, Lil Baby snapped. Uh, Rosé was an afterthought. Like I, only, I, don't, I couldn't tell you one bar he said on that song. Uh, Drake, I seen somebody tweet, Drake continues to do songs with Ross just to watch them. Mm. And this, <laughs> don't do Ross any kind of way. <laughs> now, Drake, Drake bodied him on this, though. Ross. He did. Ross, my guy, but Drake, bro, I don't, I, Ross versus an afterthought. And that's the second time he's done that because on Stay Scheming, Ross's verse was an afterthought and got overshadowed by Drake verse. Uh, but I thought the three piece was a nice three piece, a nice warm up. The general consensus I saw online again was that people were like, okay, no, nah, I'll fuck with this. Generally speaking, of course, there was a couple of people that didn't like it, but I think it did what it was supposed to do. What about you? I'm not mad at this three piece at all. I, I agree. Drake is still filling out the waters. You know, he's still trying to make sure that when he do drop that certified lover boy, that it's going to do what he wants it to do. So I understand the three piece. Um, now, as far as the songs, that first song really wasn't nothing to me. I feel like that, that maybe was supposed to be the hit. That's the, the, the fair weather Drake stuff. I'm cool off of that. Second song, Lil Baby probably had the verse of the three pack. Murder oh Drake on now. Murder complete murder session. It always feels good when one of the guys that I seen in the very beginning and called his stardom gets on a track with Drake and washes him. So that always sounds good. Um, and then that last song, man, that, that uh, Lemon Pepper. Yeah, it's banging. That's, he in his bag on there. Beat that shit like. was so serious. <laughs> and it sneak up on you, though. It's one of them that just kind of snowball. Like he was being so flagrant with the bars in there. Like, yo, Ross should have had to hit him up after that and been like, look, bro, like you can't just throw me on the front end like, like I'm just some regular nigga. Nigga, I'm I'm Rick Ross, dude. Don't do me any kind of way. I am Rick Ross. I feel like that conversation had to happen. But man, like Drake was full sicko mode on that, man. Talking about pulling up to the PTO meeting like Barack. Like the, the the housewives hitting on you and the nastiest bar of the whole three piece. Don't you know Nicki Minaj and Beyonce? Of course. Of course. <laughs> like, man, come on, dude. 
Like, like that was sick. The course was that that was so nasty. He let it ride for a little bit too. Like, it's 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 some rappers, man, that can get in a bag when nobody else can get in that bag. And Drake, that's why he's so good at what he does and what like what people want and say, I want an album with him rapping the whole time. They don't want to hear him doing like no nah shit and boopity bop bop and, and barn a nigga up. They want to hear this. Like I want to hear 16 songs of this. It ain't got to be the hardest shit in the world. It's got to be him in this bag right here talking about, hey, I got the pit boss on the line. He trying to verify the two million that I want out of the cage. I'm going to put it all on one roll. Like that, that is sick. All of that shit is sick. So I, I fucked with that like, like that. He 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 was in his bag so well on that lemon pepper. It made me think, and I want to ask you this. I heard a little bit in the Joe Budden podcast. I don't think they had the right answer, but I want to ask you: when they get in a money bag, okay. like Drake was talking their money shit. Like who talked the best rich nigga shit in rap? Oh, Jay. That's Jay. Well, excluding Jay Z. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Jay Z different. Nigga made, yeah, we, he made three hundred fifty million last week. Like yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> nigga on a billion in 2021. So, yeah, but yeah, Drake is up there. Drake, Drake, is up Drake there. his stunt game is it's, it's top tier. You know what I'm saying? And it will make it dope is it's believable because you see how much he's winning. Facts. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Like, you got the private jet with the, with the fucking owl on the side. Like, it's a Air Drake. You you courtside at the goddamn uh, Raptors games. You got the, the Raptors shooting facility draped out in OVO logo. Like, like, no. Imagine you me talking shit. like I didn't have it. Imagine me talking like I didn't have it. Listen, he, I, I like the bar on there when he said, I, I used to talk about it, talk about what I wanted. Now I got it and, I, and I'd rather just keep it to myself and all this type of shit. Like, I like when he was talking shit. But then when he, when he wants to get in this bag, you know, the Warriors practicing in my backyard type shit, like all that shit, man. Like, when he wants to go in that money bag, he can be up there, but, but nobody's topping Jay, though. Nobody. Jay Drake is on a special level. The there's one Kanye does this thing too. When like he wants it's, to, it's so his is so like remedial though. Like it ain't nothing you gotta catch. It's just so like remedial. You like damn really? Yeah. I think I the answer that. to this question though is push the T. Like niggas ain't talking about Chakuri or whatever the fuck the name of that shit is. Like that ain't a, a regular rap bar that niggas talk about. And I ain't saying that you got to be rich to have chicoutlery, but you talking about chicoutlery or whatever the fuck that shit is called, the wood. You know what I'm talking about, that plate thing? You know what I'm talking about? What the hell is that? You have that? no idea what that is? No, I ain't rich enough, no. clearly. Nah, get out of here, man. The cheese plate with the cheese and the ham and all the little... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Whatever. When he threw that in there, like, that's another level of just talking shit. Like, so I, I feel like I feel like Pusha T is number one right now. Uh, Drake is definitely up there. Jay-Z is like in a whole nother level. Rick Ross does this thing in it too. Rick and Ross does. And I would think probably like a ghost face and a Raekwon or something. Nah, nah, that's fair. And I seen Ocho Cinco say that Ross and Drake were working on a collab project. It might be too late for that. I'm be real. Mm. It might be a little too late. They've already got like 10 or 12 in the stash from what they've put out. With, and for the most part, I think they might be undefeated on, on collabs, by the way. But I don't know if we need a... a I don't know if they can do that right now. I don't know. Do we want a 10-piece Drake and, and Ross? It's not going to happen. This is like Ross and Ocho Cinco drunk in Miami. He talking, man. You know, I got a whole thing, a whole clip of him with Drake. I'm going to drop on the head. He probably let him hear three or four songs. Ocho Cinco <laughs> tweeting it lit. Like, oh, they're going to drop the collab. <laughs> Meanwhile, Drake preparing for his certified lover boy, hoping that this shit never comes across his desk because he definitely don't got time for this shit. Drake ain't going to put no album out with Ross. Like, yeah. Ross hopes so. And this ain't, it ain't even no shade to Ross. It's just like at this point in their career, it's like, nah, this is not. And uh, that's that, that, that I'm not doing I'm not doing a dual album with nobody but like future, I guess. Or yeah. Lil Uzi or some shit like that. Like I'm not doing it with Ross. That um that certified lover boy is I, you know, I, I think it's funny that he dropped this as the mask mandates and the <laughs> the patron restriction has been lifted in a couple of states because now we're starting to see okay, things are about to start opening back up. That's all he needed to see. Like you said, he's going to test the water with this three-piece. That CLB is probably going to drop right as the summer hit and things are opening back up and shows and he's going to tour in the fall and going into 2022, dude. And it's, it's about to get crazy. Facts. Like, this is just the, the test of waters. I, 
I throw I throw my guy Nick under the bus here. We were talking earlier this week. He said that this is gonna be like a fart in the wind. He said that this proves Charlemagne's point. He said he listened to these songs, they was all right, and he kept it moving. And he thinks this is what the certified lover boy is gonna do too. No, but no, nah, the general the, generally speaking, people rock with this though. I, that, that's one person, and I can understand that. Like I that's well, I, I think that he's saying like it, it's not like usually if Drake dropped three songs, it stops the world. Eh. Right. The 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 scary hours one did have God's plan on it. Mm. So that was a big I mean, obviously that was a big record. song ever, right? That's his biggest song. Yeah. So I mean that's so you don't you see no credibility in anyone saying that this is a flop, this is like no. his decline. You think he's riding high? He's Man, people were fucking with this dude. I, I fuck with the three. You gotta look online, bro. People were fucking with usually people love to make the little Drake. Uh, the Jordan trash can meme when shit come when a high profile artist come out, bro. For the most part, people were like, "Okay, I, 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 I give him. I'll fall back for now." We know why too. <laughs> I think we know why, man. Nigga like little baby put a verse in there like that, man. The world got to fuck with it, man. And OPF, next topic, man. OPF. Let's go. We're taking it to the West Coast. Um, but before we go to the West Coast, we got to do a real quick rest in peace. To Houston rapper uh, Chucky Trill, I, I'm not familiar with his music, but I this this did come across. They said he was here in Atlanta for All Star Weekend and got shot on the highway on 85. And this is like the fourth or fifth highway shooting this year. Like, and and the shoot the suspects are still at large. So, I, man, rest in peace. I, I wasn't familiar with him. Bun B put out a tweet, man, said he was a talented kid. Um, you know, and you just hate to see that, man. So condolences to, to Chuck, Chucky Trill's family, friends, and fans for sure. Yeah, man, rest in peace to him, man. That is, the, the highway shooting scary, man. Niggas gonna have to start bulletproofing them cars again, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's I a fact. Um, but moving on, man, taking it to the West Coast, let's talk your man game, J.C. on Taylor. Uh, he's accused of scamming independent artists out of thousands of dollars. The game quietly released seven collaboration mixtapes in December of last year, featuring all independent artists that paid to be featured on the mixtape. Uh, the price tag ranged from $500 to $1,000 to put your song on there. Uh, people's issue is that the tapes were not released on his official SoundCloud, but rather another SoundCloud account that only had 266 followers. He also didn't promote it on none of his social accounts. Some artists thanked him for the opportunity, while others were calling him a scanner, a scammer, and uh, wanting their money back. What side of the fence do you fall on? I always find it difficult for people to call someone a scammer when you paid for a service, like, and he provided that service. Now, he, he didn't, if you didn't get clarity on where this stuff was going to be or the format or how it was going to be rolled out, that's on you. Like, before you go spending $500 or $1,000 and giving the you need to figure out the paperwork. So I'm not mad at Game for this. Game just lost his entire fucking catalog to that lawsuit that he had when he had the sexual allegations. So, I thought it was just one album. I thought it was nah, one. I thought it was just entire fucking shit. That was born to rap. No, well, off that, and I think it was more than just that album. We'll have was, to look that up and fact check it. It was, it was that record label that he started, and they put Born to Rap on that record label. She gets control of that record label, but oh, that's so the only album everything. that was on. Well, he ain't doing good enough to just not see the proceeds off a of four years' work. Is my <laughs> point. And for that being said, if, if he figure out a scheme like other people were tied into this earlier too, I know Benny had a conversation about this on uh, another podcast, and it's just like. If you're an artist and you're trying to come up and you're saying, hey, I'm going to pay $500, $1,000 for a song with Game, regardless of where Game put it, you got to do your work with the Game featuring. You got to twerk your area. Like, you got the feature, my nigga. Like, don't expect him to go put it on his social media page because that's not what the stuff says as far as what I've read. So I'm on the side of Game. Like, you got to get in where you can fit in, man. There's sharks out here and there's guppies, my nigga. And if you're out here getting eight, you're a guppy. Um, yeah, it's it's here's the thing though. He he's not featured on the records. All he was was hosting a mixtape and he sold the tracks, the slots on the mixtape. So he's not even on the songs. Now, if he was on the song, then he was featured on the song, that's completely different because then you can work that, you can make a little video to it, you can do whatever you want with that. He all he did was do the old the throwback DJ scam from 2006 and just sold his slots <laughs> on the pro on the fucking mixtape. The biggest um the, the song with the most plays on all of these seven mixtapes 
was 1,200 plays. Um, game how was that game's fault, though? Well, it, 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 people are coming at it like he would misleaded them. No. Like, a lot of people didn't even know he had Give a second SoundCloud account. Bucks, I'll put you on a mixtape. That's what happened. I ain't telling you that a million people are going to listen to the mixtape, my nigga. Like, give me 500 bucks. I'm game. I'll put you on a mixtape. Everything else is on you. I'm sorry. I saw game retweeted a couple of people that thanked him for the opportunity. There was only, like, two um, out of the, like, 30. Realistic. Bro, there's no opportunity, bro. You shaking your head, bro. Like, what? So... What's the pursuit? Like, what what are you expecting to get? Like, if you an artist and you give game five hundred to a thousand bucks, and he says, "Hey, hop on this mixtape I'm hosting," like, what are you expecting? Well, people are at least expecting that to for that mixtape to be promoted on the same medium that he promoted the slot. He and they didn't even DMs. get that. He reached out in their DMs. That's Instagram. D- DMs. What you want me? <laughs> you want me to DM the fucking track? DM it to your followers. Come on, man. Like, this is just an unrealistic expectation. People want, like, a magic bullet. There is no one thing that's going to make anybody famous or whatever they're trying to get. Like, the game feature wasn't going to be it if you didn't have it beforehand. I'm sorry to break this to you, DJ whoever or artist whoever, insert them here. But that just what that ain't the key to the fucking pathway to success. Like, that's just a part of it. And anybody thinking that he got over on them because they gave him $500 to $1,000, like that's on your decision making, my nigga. Like you shouldn't have did that. <laughs> if that's... you was put, if you was banking everything on that five hundred to a thousand dollars to blow up, then you in the wrong goddamn business, my nigga. <laughs> I'm sorry, Neil. If um you shouldn't think it's gonna come that easy for sure, but people are just looking at it as an investment, man. Some people have budgets for their project, so they budgeted right. out a thousand dollars to be on this game mixtape that I, that they thought was gonna get them some look, some looks because it's marketing at the end of the day. It's just okay a different type of marketing. And if you're under the impression or the assumption that this project is going to be promoted by the person who's hosting it and then they don't, they don't do any of that, you're going to be like, damn, bro. Like <laughs> you could have at least led with that. I think my, I think I'm getting hung up on the expectations though. Like if, if I'm hosting the mixtape and that's what I told you that I was doing, like I don't, I've never seen game promo and mixtapes on his Instagram. So if if I would have been skeptical, my antennas would have been up in the first place if he DMing me talking about he hosting a mixtape. Like, if you get that DM, you got to know, like, it's something funny about this. And if you pay your money, you got to know, like you said, it's just marketing. It's an investment where more people are going to have heard me than would before. If you got one new listener, I don't care. Like you said, the highest one was 1200 Hey, you just got to look at that as an investment. Like, I just don't look at game as a scammer because of it. You, know, you got to get in where you fit in out here. It's a pandemic, man. I, I remember he held a contest to design his one of his album covers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were giving him a lot of props for that because he was shining light on, you know, unknown graphic designers, which was dope. So people are assuming that he's going to stay in that same vein and do something noble like that and shine some light on some underground artists while making some money out of it, which is fine. That's an even exchange. The thing is he's got seven mixtapes. They've got 20 songs a piece. He just made a lot of money, but if he promoted that like a regular joint, you just made somebody some new listeners. And so it's a, it's a win-win. So it makes it look like a scammy. You look scammy, you look suspect. If you put it on a, a, an account that nobody knew existed and you don't promote it, it's just like, Oh bro, you, 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 you down like that game. Like really? That's not a lot of money, first of all. Like, you acting like you said seven mixtapes, 20 cents, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I don't... A couple hundred thousand? That's a lot if you ain't done no show in six months. But, but what I, my point is, game is games. Uh, he's, he's more valuable than that. So if, if even if he did make a couple hundred thousand dollars, it's still not worth him promoting on his Instagram and promoting anywhere else, like under the games umbrella, like what it's worth is, Hey, here's an opportunity for you to game some shit or wherever he put it. In my opinion, like I I just don't see where people can pin him as the bad guy when it's just a way to make money. Like he just, he's out here getting it, bro. Like you, they fell for it. If you feel like it was a scam, you fell for it. My nigga, I don't feel like he sold you no drink. You can fall for it and it still be a scam though. In certain cases, but not this one. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Moving on to scams. Speaking of scams, DJ Academics. Your man's. He is criticizing the GOAT, 
Jay-Z. And he's saying that Jay-Z pulls the old bait and switch when it comes to his businesses and gets hip hop to buy into it and say it's black owned for us, by us. And then he sells it to the white man and he's off to the racist, leaving us black community to hold the bag. My question to you is this, man. Does DJ Academics have a point that he's way out of line here? Uh, he's super out of line. And for the context, this is Jay selling a majority stake in title um, over the weekend for th about 300 million, I believe. Um, so he didn't sell all of it. He still has a, a smaller percentage. He just doesn't own a majority anymore. Um, but just to talk about what academics said, and you saw this online a lot when this news broke and you, you're seeing it more now with Swiss and Timberland selling verses as well. Um, if we take race out of business for just a second, the only color that really matters in business is green. Now, because of the history of this country, we have to place race in the conversation to add nuance to the conversation because that it can't be ignored in the in the, with the history that we have in america we weren't blacks weren't allowed to read and write till the late 1800s and so our great 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 grandparents may have owned businesses they may have owned land they may have owned property and unfortunately a lot of them got duped out of that when they signed some of that away by white people that came in to take their shit that shook them out of their land and property and businesses. And so doing that, that gave the white people that did that a nice cozy head start and set us back several years trying to pick up the pieces because we got robbed out of what was ours. And so a lot of people knowing that like to use that correlation to what you see today when you see somebody black selling a business to somebody white. When in actuality, in this case, in Swiss's case, and a lot of these people's cases, it's just about business. A lot of people, businesses building up something and then selling it or purchasing something for the cheap, which is what he did with title, building it up and then selling it for the high, which is what he just did. A lot of people say, man, but what about legacy? And what about passing it down from generation? To ge Everything is not a legacy play. Every business is not a legacy play. Some are, some aren't. Two years ago, my brother passed away. He left my mom a house. My mom looked at me and said, what do we want to do with this? Do we want to sell it or do we want to keep it? I'm like, what you want to do? It's on you. She said, I want to keep it, have it through the family for generations. I said, okay, cool. That's what's going to happen to that home. It is going to be in our family for generations to come. Does that mean every house that I own will be in my family for generations to come? No, some of them will be sold when the price gets high enough. I'm gonna take that and then invest it in something else and do the same thing. That is what some businesses, majority of businesses are. He bought that business for 50 million. In two years, he sold a third of it to Sprint for 200 million. And then two years after that, sold 51% for 300 million. He just took a $50 million investment and flipped it to 500. That is how we need to be looking at this and taking notes on how to do business. It's not the only one that he knows, excuse me, it's not the only business that he owns. He's not, he didn't get robbed on the paperwork. The artists that he started the business with still own their shares. This is how the moves are being made from educated businessmen like Jay and Swiss and Puff. It's a new day, dude. It's not 1860 no more. We have to think of it this way. Take the emotion out of it. That's a great point. And business is to make money. I think that anyone that comes in and argues that just doesn't know business. And we try to talk a lot of it here. What's important about this being said, I don't have a side to choose your academics or Jay-Z on this, but what I do think is very important is the fact that academics gets to say this. And we had a conversation in the group chat earlier about credibility, especially amongst media members and academics was brought up. And while he's not, in my opinion, the most credible because of his affiliation with 6ix9ine, he does have a voice in this thing that we call a culture. So I think it's very important, whether you agree with what he says or disagree, that he's able to at least say it. And you can't have people, and the issue that I've seen and the attack that ACT got for bringing this up, it's like, oh, it's Jay-Z, he's holier than thou. You can't get people and put them on a pedestal where they can't be questioned. 
Like academics job is to do exactly what he did, regardless of how outrageous some of us may feel the statements are. And here is some of the issue and the problem that I have with it getting into what you said. When you do what academics does and you're effective at your job and you start affiliating yourself with someone like six, nine, when you make accusations like this with Jay-Z, it's easy for people to dismiss you because no one wants to have a conversation with you. It goes to a long way to do with the credibility and like how everything plays a key into it and how everything matters. And you'll say, well, Lou, what does six, nine have to do with him attacking Jay-Z and selling his businesses? Because it, it, it lessens your credibility. If I see you right here having a conversation with this rainbow head dude who did whatever he did to, to disrespect the culture, I can't take you serious when you bring up a valid point, what you think may be a valid point when you're talking about Jay-Z, someone who has done so much for this culture that it's really almost unprecedented. So if he making a play to make money and make hundreds of millions of dollars, that goes far longer for his family and for black people than him holding on to a streaming service. But I do think that it's very important that people don't dismiss someone like academics or dismiss people for questioning someone like Jay-Z. Like no one gets above a point where they can't be held to the task of the people. Like we should all be fighting for the type of uh, equality and longevity that we want as black people together. Because like all of the points you said of not being able to read, not being able to buy me and shucked out of so much, we should be closer together and be able to hold each other accountable. So if act feel this way, the one criticism that I would have of Jay-Z is the knowledge standpoint of it. Like you've got to each one teach one. And Jay-Z puts, he puts information out there, but there should be like, he should be able to respond. Well, I just stepped on my own points and I wouldn't respond if he talked to six, nine, but Jay-Z should continuously have information out here to help people understand why he makes the business deals that he makes, because that can help you, me, and whoever that follow him understand and make better business dealing as well, as opposed to questioning him and dismissing someone like that. So I, I think that it's, his opinion is very important, whether it be wrong or right. Yeah. He just needs to work on his credibility. I, I think people, including academics and myself and everyone listening, need to educate themselves. They need to educate themselves. I used to be that person. I used to be like, yo, why does somebody do that? What is it? Until I took a business class and I go, oh shit. Okay. There's some things that I did not know, but I thought I knew because, and they may have sounded logical in my head, but I actually didn't know how this thing went. I took a bit, I took a few business classes and kind of got, I got it now. I understand what it's about. And I feel like a lot of people, and this is the, the downside of social media, you can be uneducated, uninformed, and sound like you know what you're talking about if you, if you say it the right way in, in, a, in 140 characters. And that's the problem. And you can get retweets and likes and all of that shit. And when you get misinformation shared, that's when it becomes a problem when somebody like academics comes out and says something like this. Killer Mike said this in an interview. He said, a lot of these people that come at Jay and come at Puff for, for their business moves don't either A, don't own black businesses or B, don't know how business works. And you see that with a lot of people that question a lot of these moves. It's not, it's not no. the question, it, it's the manner in which it's questioned. You, can, you need to understand how things work in order to have a legitimate question and not throw out some sellout shit, bro. That's, that, that's, that you can't use that for everything. It's too low of hanging fruit, bro. That is, it's very low hanging fruit, fruit, but well, I would disagree with you on that is, um, damn, to gather my thought back. Like the problem with act is he's going off of surface information because Jay-Z did say this. Like, I don't, he did say this was by artists for artists and this was supposed to be. It still is though. Huh? It still is. That's cool. But it doesn't appear that way. So when you have someone in an academic has gotten criticized, for this before taking surface issues and trying to do these fake deep dives. That's the issue that he had with Chicago and him reporting on those deaths and those artists coming out and saying, look, bro, you really don't know what's going on and you ain't taking no time to try to figure out what's going on. You just run into your YouTube channel to talk. Exactly. Same thing in this situation. You going off something that Jay-Z said six years ago when he bought this company. And like you said, it may still be for the people, by the people, whatever he sold it as in the first, but act ain't digging deep enough to get enough information to release this strong of a statement. This is a very strong statement to release. Just like with the shit from Chicago, you're not doing enough research to come out and say this shit. 
Oh, no, that's right. And real quick, too, before we move on, do you think Swiss and Tim, are you surprised that they found a, a buyer so quickly? Because Versus ain't been out. It's probably hit a year just like this week, probably. Who I was, was a little surprised. I was surprised at who they sold to. I thought they had a little mm. bit more leverage than that. You thought Apple or somebody was going to buy it? Yeah, like who is that company? Triller. I've heard of them, though. They have live events and stuff, like fights. They and, did that fight, the, the boxing shit, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. Unless I guess he's he gonna be over all of music creativity for Triller though. Yeah, Swiss and Tim are still gonna be so over. Like, I guess it's a bigger play there. But if it was just like if we just talking about the verses in that format and putting it somewhere, I don't know if that's who I go with. I, I, I would trust someone with a more traditional uh streaming setup because I would try to do this like live and I'm trying to do concerts and I'm trying to do a, a streaming excuse me a versus game show like there's a lot of shit that you can do with this if you were a big in a big production house and, and not doing it with Triller like I I'm like what how many people are you trying to get to stream a versus battle right like at some True. point you got to start thinking about okay what are we doing with this now and I just don't see Triller as the catalyst to the next steps Mm. I, I will say this. I, I got to get them props do, to take the steps that they've done in one year. See, to yeah, me, that, that, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Facts. I'm looking at they took one of the worst periods in our lifetime, a, a pandemic. We've never experienced this shit. And they created something out of nothing. This is the epitome of black people. So I, in my opinion, that's what you need to people need to focus on. And all 43 performers on Versus all got shares in the company, in the deal. That's what I mean by it's not 1860 no more, bro. They come into the table with some knowledge and they niggas is eating off of it, dude. And people's families are eating and people are being employed by it and they're making a change in, in the black economic sector of things. That's what people need to take into consideration. Man, don't think everybody getting shucked because they, you saw the headline that they sold. Like it, it just, just read below the surface, man. Read something, please. More information, man. God damn. I have did to get more information. Absolutely, man. Before we get to this biggie tribute, man, real quick, another thing academics posted was 2020 streams for record labels last year. Now, take out Drake and Kanye. QC was the number one streaming record label with 4.6. Is this billion? I'm going to assume that this is billion. Yeah. Yo Gotti CMG was second at 3.5, Young Money 3.4, TDE 3.4, and Dreamville 3.1. Any surprises on this list? Yeah, if you keep going, this is without Drake and Kanye for these numbers. And if you keep going, you got MMG at 2.6 and OVO at 1.3, Good Music at 1.3. Um, who else is on Young Money? <laughs> I, is this Nikki had a song this year? <laughs> she been going with the baby. Like I'm uber confused at what Young Money is doing up here at 3.4. But that just may have to do with a lot of me not being in touch with younger music because I, I can't name a Young Money artist. I don't know who that is. Me neither. Um, QC, I would expect that. CMG, I, I would expect that with Money Bag, Yo, uh, Little Migo, Black Youngster. Yo Gotti himself, like he got a strong young team as far as when I'm out and I, I'm listening and see young guys, they listening to some CMG shit like they ain't too far off. Everybody fuck with Moneybag, yo. Um, Dreamville all the way down, well, excuse me, Dreamville under TDE in a year that was a slow year for Dreamville. I mean, excuse me, a slow year for TDE and a big year for Dreamville, I think it goes a lot to say with the star power on J. Cole's label and what he needs or should work on. I think a signing where, you know, to make a splash in the water and, and give him a little bit more credibility as a boss uh, to, to take a little bit away from the topic and something that we could dive into once you elaborate on what you see in these numbers. But I think a smart play looking at these numbers for somebody like J. Cole is when I see Saha drop that and say, hey, I'm looking for a home to this label and mm. I got this dopest album, 
If I'm J. Cole, I got him on the phone tomorrow. That's a fact. Bro, what do you need? Because that's the type of splash that Dreamville needs. They put forth a hell of an effort and to still be under like five other labels that I would be disappointed if I were J. Cole. I'm not saying that that's disappointing, but I would personally be disappointed seeing that everything that Dreamville put in and to have that number come back. So I would try to make a biggest splash as I can with a free agent. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, that that free agent sci high play, that's nice. I can see him on a couple of these labels though. I can see him on TDE. Honestly, I can see that they need they need now they need somebody else from down south. Isaiah Rashad ain't it. That ain't it. Don't do no, but they like a family label though. He Isaiah a higher gun. He a higher gun. This would have been like TDE. Uh, that's like Dion going to your Packers. When Dion went to the Cowboys that year, went to the Falcons that year, like you just, I mean, excuse me, went to the 49ers. It would have been like y'all getting him. It just wouldn't have been right. And they got rings. So two, family oriented. Nah, it was two rings you just named. <laughs> if you want a ring, <laughs> you sign Saha. I will say this, though. Uh, impressive numbers by QC. We've known that they've been cooking for a minute. 4.6 is crazy. And they're arguably their biggest group. Migos took the year off last year. So with all the things that they've accomplished with adding the sports agency, adding the media side of things. QC, they're the leader of the new school. Even going back to our conversation with Dame last week, when we asked him, yo, who remind you of the Rockefeller right now? He said QC, he said little Baby and them. So that's, that's a huge, huge call out. And these numbers don't lie, man. So they backing them up. But shout out to um, CMG though, man. Yo, Gotti, real low key, quiet as kept, is building a nice label, getting his boss hat on. He's been a boss for a long time. I remember when we used to chop it up, chop it up with him long, long time ago. He talked about how he looked up to Fifty Cent, and not necessarily just for the music, but before how he was making the plays as on the boss level for G Unit. So he's he's fulfilling that. And kind of you know following in those footsteps of people that he looked up to like Jay and Fifty. So salute to Yo Gotti, man. I, that's impressive. You know what it'd be a dope versus. What's that? People from New York gonna hate this, but I'm uh -oh. telling you, it'll be track for track. Fat Joe and Yo Gotti. Fat Joe yeah. Washington. No way. You Washington fan? You think you from New York? You see, Yo Gotti will sleep up on Fat Joe. He probably he may even win it. No. No, he, he may sleep up on Fat Joe. Fat Joe got hits. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, understand that. But Yo Gotti got just as many hits. He like a down south version of Fat Joe. Really. Oh, my God. It's easy, to be honest. That's, that's what it is right there. With with that being Yo said. Yo Gotti like a down south version of Fat Joe. Maybe even bigger. Oh, my father. He doubled down. All right, man. Today, it's March 9th, the night that we're recording this. The greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th, according to the locks. Um, B.I.G. 1997, it's crazy, long, 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 long time ago. Real quick, before we get into the album and we get into the documentary, did his death hit you like Pox? Like, do you remember where you were at and all, you know what I mean? Like, do you remember the tone? I know it was a, obviously it was a huge deal in hip hop, huge deal in, in New York. We saw the footage from the documentary of Ryan Through the Streets. Like, it was a huge fucking deal. I like, don't get it twisted. But how did it resonate to down south, though? From your perspective. Mm. This was 97, right? So I was like, yep. this didn't resonate as hard as pop. And I'll get more into this when we talk about the album. But the reason being, being from the South, like Big, we got what he was, but I hadn't bought all the way into Big yet. Mm -hmm. It was unfortunate that he had died. And I was like, damn, it's fucked up that he had to pass because Pac got killed. And I remember thinking that, but I don't remember like where I was. And I know that night the Pac got killed, like it was the fair was in town. They had the big airbrush backgrounds of him that night. Mm. Uh, big, it was just different. It wasn't, it was like, oh, it was like a passing, it's just a news story. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't as, it, it wasn't the, 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 it didn't hit as close to home as Tupac did. And it was simply because I wouldn't, I just wasn't up on Big that way. Big was more New York than I was open to at that point in time in my life. So yeah. I, I respected him being a dope rapper, but like the only niggas that I knew that like fucked with Big, like really heavy was like older drug dealers. Like yeah. them the only niggas that I knew around my way, like I'm talking about like when I mean older, they was like 30. 
Like, right. he was like, man, you got to check this nigga out. And I was like, man, I don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> but, you know, as we'll learn when I talk about this album, when you come to appreciate it, what about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either, like, where I was. And, you know, I, I remember buying this album, though. I did buy yeah. Life at the Death. I remember I, I got this album. Yeah, I definitely bought this. Uh, it came out on the day before my birthday, my mom's birthday, uh, March 25th, 1997. So I definitely remember it. I remember rocking with it heavy, too. But I don't remember, because I didn't buy Ready to Die. Um, I didn't at the time. I, bought, I, I got that from the uh, Maxwell House, or whatever, Publishing Clearinghouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got that from yeah, the yeah. painter. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I, pr- I don't know where I bought this from, but I know it was a cop and I fucked with it heavy and, I, and that made me go back. What's dope about this album, though, is that it's actually a sequel to Ready to Die. Um, the intro picks up on where the last song ends. So Suicidal Thoughts is the last song on Ready to Die. And this intro, Life After Death, picks up soon as that ends. So that's kind of dope. Uh, and I remember, man, being even though it's a double disc, and I know people nowadays like, double disc, 26, uh, what the fuck? Back then? Nah, nigga, press play. Like, we letting that roll. We wasn't stunting that shit, dude. Oh, man, I nigga got the six CD changing, man. <laughs> Put that in two of them and let's go. <laughs> and let's roll let's out. Go. And I remember loving it back then. I remember being a bigger fan of disc two. Which one, Did you prefer disc one or disc two? Mine was disc one. Cause it had what's beef, it had the R. Kelly song. This like one is straight guys. through though. It's straight. Don't get it twisted. No, I, what I do remember, I did, my mom stole this CD. From me. <laughs> like, cause she she fucking hypnotized heavy. Oh, that was yeah. Yeah, my I remember getting in the whip, usually getting in the whip. My mama was banging that hypnotized. Like, dude, I've been looking for this CD. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, no, disc one is straight through, but disc two. I just, I, I just like I, my my favorite, my more favorite songs are on this two. Even though this two has two of the worst songs on the album, I still fuck with this two more, and that's crazy. Um, yes, that's nuts. What what did you what did you lean with heavy on here? Um, looking through the track list, and man, what were some of your highlights on here? The obvious, what's beef? And and I'm talking about when I heard it like originally. You know, yeah. are we gonna cover like? What you grew to like as well? When we cover all of it, or you want to yeah, go yeah, fuck it, all it. What, what you like from the jump and so what you kind of grew. I remember from. when this came out, like what's beef, uh, fucking you tonight, mm-hmm. and like those were like my favorites. Hypnotize, of course, those were like the typical. Like I said, I'm a down south nigga. I wasn't really into the New York and Biggie shit until later on in my life after I got into Jay Z. But if I'm talking about now, mm-hmm. about, like you said, hit play. And let the motherfucker roll. Like this is a an example of damn near perfection. <laughs> this nigga is rapping his ass off from somebody's gotta die until the last fucking song. You're nobody to somebody kills you. It's it's amazing. The nigga is like he's like more than a rapper. It's like just some other type of orator that you can think of that he would be like it should. It's fucking crazy, and I didn't get to understand that until I started understanding how complex it was and what he was doing, the flows, and just the different topics, and even watching this documentary and talking about his, like, unorthodox pattern. Like, Big is something different in a sense of, like, my... I feel confident calling him the greatest of all time in the sense of, like, listening to this album, and it's still... whole Like, niggas still can't do this today. <laughs> like nigga, ain't, a nigga can't put out this life out the Delph and rapping the way that he rapping and got like the the type of visual that he painting the stories that he telling. Like this nigga was fucking amazing. Yeah. And then the argument that you hear against his great was like he didn't have enough as far as his body of work. Fam, this is like him. What he did was like a nigga coming in the league, putting up fifty a game for two years and then passing away. Hey, he's still going to be, like, you might say, well, he only played two years, but yeah, my nigga, but he averaged 50. <laughs> Who else has done that? Like, it's still today, niggas, that can't do the flow and go in and out of pocket like Big did. So yeah. I feel like going back to this, if we're talking about, like, from a long rant of talking about what I loved about this album, it's just him as an MC. Like, I don't think that I've ever heard a nigga do a better rap album than this one right here. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I think this is the best double disc of all time. Um, with all due respect to all eyes on me, um, and last Don put some respect on that. 
Uh, but I, th- I think this is the best double album, double disc of all time. It's not even, I don't even think it's a question. No disrespect to diplomatic immunity. With all due respect to diplomatic immunity, whatever else you want to throw in there, blueprint two, fucking yuck mouth, whatever. Whatever you want to throw in there. This nigga is rapping his ass off. I'm about to say, and I, you know what I'm curious about? I, this is one I wish I had a little brother. I wish I had a little brother that was 19 that's listening to Little Baby right now that grew up on Migos and shit and Wayne and Auto Tune. I would wonder what he would think about playing this right here. Anybody that's listening, I know we got a couple of 20-somethings that listen. Do you fuck with this bitch? Like, like, is this just like, is this like KRS-One to us? Cause when we, cause I remember a nigga played me KRS-One. I was like, nah, I'm good. I, I'm not even saying he whack. I'm just good. I don't, I, that's not times have changed too much in terms of flow and cadence. It's not, it, it's too old. Is this too old for a young nigga right now? I need answers. I, I, like, I really don't know. That's a good it doesn't question. sound dated to me. I'm, I guess I'm asking, the question that you would have to ask is like, the, his style and his flow is, is like, who does that today? Nobody. Like, still, the the flow, might. the flow now is three six and bone, and you know what I'm saying. The, the Migo flow. This might be flow. too old, yeah, because niggas ain't gonna like. I don't know if a twenty year old is listening to Lil Baby gonna listen to this and be like, ah, oh, yeah, he's going in. But if Damn. you go to a nigga that's listening to J Cole, that oh, generation, okay. then maybe they'll fuck with this. But I, I, can't, I personally can't. I can't even see a nigga that listen to YBN Corday and be like. I'm fucking with this big, but I'm oh, no, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I can't see it. I just yeah, don't, can. I don't see it. I think, I think you can. And I was tripping because number one, I didn't know this album went diamond. Didn't Damn. know that. Um, obviously it's a double disc. So that means it sold 5 million counts. There's twice. all this money going. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. Um, and then also I was tripping that this was supposed to be released uh Halloween the year before, but they pushed it back because of the Tupac murder. Uh, mm. They didn't want to. They didn't want to overshadow that, so uh, they pushed it back to the first quarter of '97. But if, if we want to go to some of my favorite joints on here, like I said, I think I think this one is straight through. I'm be real, one through twelve. It, there's not a skip on there. Like if it, it's not the best song for Jay Z, but I still like the song. Um, and then of course, more money, more problems. We all know that that's, that's like, that's a single. Like I get it, but it's still dope though. Like like Big is just. <laughs> <laughs> but like what he's saying on there is, is ridiculous um i really like the notorious thugs i was a bone fan back in the day so it was cool to see them working with big it was cool to see them working with Pac. um i thought i always thought that was dope but the two songs on here that are just I, i'm gonna listen to these until i'm 99 years old they both feature 112 and that's miss you and sky's the limit and them two songs like big's range on here is so nuts in terms of the subject matter. Those two songs are so fire, nigga. Today, they are always going to hit home. And it's cool because I just watched the documentary and he talked about his man, O, which I didn't I didn't know the story behind that. And he, that's the one he's name dropping at the beginning of Miss You. So all that coming full circle was super dope. Those are two of my favorite joints on here. And like I said, they're both on disc two, which is why I favor that a little more. But Ten Crack Commandments, like how many quotable lines on he, on this album have been jacked by somebody else, dude? Like this shit crazy. Even um, I think my most slept on song on here for me to to hit one more that I didn't hit on it was that um, you're nobody into somebody. Yeah, you. come on, man. And it took Fire. it took Rick Ross for me to appreciate this. Like I had to go back and listen to this because I was like, man, Rick Ross tearing this motherfucker up. Stop. And I was like, he 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 might have did better than Big. Stop. Man, I went back and listened to that guy. <laughs> I was so disrespectful. Man, like, from start to finish, like, nobody did that shit like him. And when people like, man, y'all just, oh, like, listen to this. He telling a story, stopped, told another story, went back to the original story, told a little outside story, and then hit you at the end with the, you nobody to somebody kills you and hit you with dude name. Like, that shit... It was really unbelievable. Like Ross didn't even fucking compare once I went back to it. But hey, man, I, I love that song. And, and I don't know what more I can say about this album as far as how impressed I am with this. What didn't work, though? What joints I hear you like, eh, that's a skip. I can do without the skits. I was like, back in the day, they was cool. But I'm, I'm good with the skits now. Like, really, yeah. if he could have condensed this and just straight hitting you with bars. And the Lil' Kim song really wasn't all that either. 
that's that the skits. I'm not gonna lie. That's one thing I was like, yo, I'm just ready for the song to start. Yeah, like, why? <laughs> I'm good now, bro. Come on. <laughs> um, the little Kim song is atrocious. Like that the shit Kim is song is awful. That song is trash, and that nasty boy. That shit is trash. That's uh, that little Kim song. Big would have been a great movie, like director or like scriptwriter, because. Just looking at this documentary, and he was talking about how Lucy was talking. He started calling them Junior Mafia, and the nigga said he came up with names for all of them and like backgrounds. That's that's fire. Like yep. people don't do that shit nowadays, and that's the reason why his legacy is held on so long. The nigga was so creative. Yeah, like the story and- like I got a story to tell, like the story about the New York nigga, like that. That people don't do that, and if even they try, it don't come off as authentic. Like you really feel like this fat nigga was doing this shit. Yeah, shit was great. Now that, and that leads me to the documentary. I got a story to tell, which is on Netflix right now. I watched it. I actually liked it. it I, I like more of the, anytime there's a hip hop documentary where somebody's got footage from like 1991, <laughs> 92, they got this archival footage that I don't know where the hell it's been sitting at. That's, this is, that's what also made the Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine documentary so dope because they had the throwback footage that I hadn't seen before. So, Big had the camera with him damn near everywhere. And so that was super dope to see. Um, and, and I thought it got a, a, a nice look into his upbringing. And I thought it was dope to see that the, the neighbor that he had, that was a jazz musician that kind of took him under his wing. It was, it was about to mold him into a jazz player. I was like, what? Like, I didn't know about any of that. It was putting him up on game about a bunch of musical shit. I thought that was dope, man. And then hearing him as a teenager, like he slick sounded like Slick Rick. And then, but he was still telling stories though. Like he was telling stories, but you know, you emulate who's hot when you first start out until you craft your own sound. And I, I thought that was real dope too. I enjoyed the documentary, man. If you're a big fan, I think it's a must see if you're a big fan. Like if you're a big fan, like if that's your man's, you should have you should have saw that first night. If you're just a casual hip hop fan, I still think it's worth a try. It's like an hour and 30 minutes, bro. It's pretty straight to the point. Uh, what did you think about it though when, when you checked it out? You hit the nail on the head, as you said, if you're a casual, I, I, I won't say a casual hip hop fan, but you're a casual fan of Big. Like, I love this album. I wouldn't, I'm not really a notorious Big fan, though. Right, right, right. Rapping. So, like, halfway through this documentary, I was like, okay, bro, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm more of a, when I'm looking at documentaries and things like this, I like theory. I like to see, like, hear people that were around and like hear backstory. I don't really necessarily got to see the footage of this nigga rapping and like see the after parties. I don't really care about that. So this didn't really hit too hard for me. Like I don't need to hear his mom talk about when she found Coke in his room. Like, I don't care. Um, it, it really, it didn't do much for me because like what you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you're not a big fan, I'm not a necessarily a big fan biggie fan yeah like i'm not i wasn't into it big like that especially when he was out and he was living so looking back at this some of the nostalgia from that period registered with me but i was so anti like new york and i didn't want to hear mob deep or nas or none of that shit when this was coming out like i wanted to hear master p and the hot boys and trick daddy and a ball and mjg and scarface so this right here, it was remind me of that time when like I felt like the New York got a little bit more shine on the shows we watched, like Yo MTV Raps and Rap City. And I was like, I'm just not that interested in this. I'm more interested in the things that I see around me from the South. Since I've gotten older, though, I've, I've been way more open to it, but this still just didn't hit for me like it would a big stand. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was solid. And I, what I was afraid of was that they were just going to kind of milk the death and, you know, and, and the the mis- the mystery surrounding it and stuff like because that that's been ran through the mud the Pac and Biggie shootings, man they've had movies reenactments fucking uh, TV shows books They're like bro, that shit has been ran through the yeah, ringer. Really nothing else you can say about that. There's nothing else you can so so showing something from the to the A to Z without milking the death part, I was cool with. I, I was like, okay, I get this. But like, like shout out to Jay from FSP. He's a huge big fan. He needs to watch this. This will be right up his alley. If you're a huge big fan, you need to check this out. And then it's going to make you want to run the music back though, which I thought was cool. So that, which is why we did a split. We did the, the album because that came out this month. And then we decided to talk on the documentary as well. Cause I, I think they go hand in hand. 
and it makes you want to run it back. It just show you how cold he he was even cold when he was young, though. Like he when once he found his lane, he was born he, like Puff Daddy didn't exaggerate, and he's a man that does it a lot that exaggerates, but he didn't exaggerate when the nigga said that Big was born to rap. Yeah, like when he said, I heard this nigga, and it was like, what in the fuck is that? Like, this is like another human from that. That ain't an exaggeration, dude. Like, if you like listening to this album, and it is literally what 20 years old, yeah, and this shit, like, Plus. It, it, it's still amazing. It's still fucking amazing to hear what he did on like What's Beef, I Got a Story to Tell, like. All it is like I, I come to find out I was double parked by a hydrant to end the song, like the whole story on that. Like it's just, it, it's really amazing. Like if you haven't listened to this life out of death in a while, do yourself a favor, double down on it, put your nephew on it, put your little cousin on it, and just see what kind of response that you get from them. Cause I'd be anxious to know about that. It's a classic. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's a classic. It's not even the five real is not even a question. Yeah, it's not it, it's a classic, it's people. A question. Let us know what you guys thought. Do you do you guys prefer the life after death or the ready to die? I'm curious to see which one people prefer. I lean a little bit toward life after death. There's some nostalgia with this. I remember buying it, etc. I didn't get on ready to die until after the fact, even though that still is fire. Don't get it twisted. So I'm curious to see what other people think, man. Facebook, uh, go to the group rap chat, let us know and comment at on deck TV podcast on instagram we've got wins and losses what do we have who's winning out here and who's losing in these streets absolutely man wins and losses first w goes to the recently crowned diamond album of bodak yellow miss cardi b has a diamond album so a w single but i'm single you. excuse me a diamond album single yeah uh, first female rapper to ever have a diamond single. Huge props. Much respect to Cardi B. And she gets her own E! True Hollywood story that's about to come out about her come up. That should be interesting. Is there a song that popped in your head that you thought, damn, I thought that this may have been diamond? Something by Lauryn Hill. That thing is what I thought. That's Yeah, exactly. That thing. Now I, I'm I, surprised. I can't believe that ain't diamond. But. It's gotta be. <laughs> Has to be. They just might not be clarifying it as hip hop or something, but that has to be right. <laughs> w to your man Sheck West from Mo Bamba fame. Uh, he is signing with the French basketball team. How you feel about that? Man, it's a lot of hip hop basketball talk going on with the celebrity joint that Revolt got, and then the uh, two on two that happened over the All Star weekend, and Quavo saying he's the best hip hop basketball player. Sheck West got something to say about that, man. Signing with an actual team. Nobody else can say that. I'd be so hot if I was two chains, man. I went out there and lost to Jack Harlow and Quavo. I'm too old for that, man. 40, you 40, you can't lose no young niggas, man. You got to hit them with the old man game. They would have been mad at me. I'd have slowed it all the way down out there. Niggas would have been booing and shit. Posting Jack Harlow up, hitting hook shots, man. You got to. He too, he too tall to lose to them, hey, too. Too tall to lose to them niggas, man. I would have deboed them out there. Facts. <laughs> Fouling the shit out of Jack Harlow. My fault, little bro. My fault. <laughs> Take it out. My fault, little bro. Man, big L to T.I., man. We talked about this a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago. Some of the accusations are coming out. Lady has got a lawyer. Um, and now corporate gig starting to be affected. Family Hustle has been suspended as far as its recording and the new series that he was in, Ant, well, excuse me, Ant-Man, the series that he was in, he has lost his spot to that, man. So L to T.I., dog. Yeah, so apparently he wasn't written into Ant-Man 3. It's easy for them to say that now under these circumstances, but allegedly he wasn't Ro written. Don't do that, man. He That's what they're saying. He was in there, right? He was in one and two. Okay. But he, it's not a big role, though. <laughs> like, it's a big role to lose. It ain't a big role to be in. It's a big role to lose. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a big enough role for me to be surprised that he's not in Ant-Man 3. Like, they don't need a scandal to not put him in Ant-Man 3. It's not that deep. Bro, but, relax, man. You, you are, like, he was going to be in Ant-Man 3. If you T.I. and you were going to be in Ant-Man 3, and now you're not in Ant-Man 3, that's a big fucking deal, dude. Yeah. And, and I don't give a fuck if it was one speaking role. Like, T.I.? Ain't that a Marvel movie? Yeah. Come on, bro. I'd be livid. The Family Hustle suspended recording is smart on VH1's part because they don't know how this is going to play out. 
Um, if you don't know if this nigga gonna be canceled or, or go locked up, you don't know what's about to happen. You don't keep spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to film something that may never be put out. So you have to put the pause on it. Um, I don't, but we don't. Know. I don't never see. I don't never see VH1 suspending production when the Kardashians got some crazy shit going on. I don't know. Bank in on this, man. Right now, T.I. has 11 people that have come forward. I don't know if that many people have. I don't know what the Kardashians got going on, but I don't know if they've been accused of sexual assault from 11 people. I know it was 11 people. I ain't gonna lie. It's, that's new Jesus information. Christ. Um, it is new information. If I was VH1, I would, uh, I too, <laughs> put my hands off <laughs> and remove myself from this situation. I feel them. Uh, hey, listen, if it all blows over, then they just start back filming. It ain't no big deal. Um, I don't see that happen. On Decker of the Week, man, I am going back, rewinding back to last week. Shout out to everybody who commented on the Dame Dash episode. Got a lot of texts, got a lot of comments, got a lot of retweets, got a lot of likes. We appreciate the love and respect. A lot of people were excited to see us rapping with Dame. Uh, so just salute to everybody that, that shared it, that texted me, hit me up. Uh, you know, I appreciate that, man. We appreciate that. So, you know, good looking. More on the way, though. Don't get it twisted. Absolutely, man. Check out the Dame Dash Studios. Check out the Dame Dash app as well. We appreciate him for stopping by. Absolutely, man. Uh, what you got to put me on? Two things, man. If you're not listening to Snow School, check it out. It is the Real Ville's official, unofficial recap podcast of the FX series Snowfall. This past week, myself, Big Jeff from FSP, and we remember my man Nikki Duce came over from Frames Per Second, and mm. we broke down the third episode, man. If you're not on it, man, hop on and come to class, enjoy a session with us. It has its own feed. Just type in Snow School, and you'll be able to subscribe to that. Absolutely. Secondly, my put on for the week is WandaVision. No, I may be late. I know this is a big TV show already, but for the motherfuckers that wouldn't expect me to be watching it, this shit was fire. <laughs> and the reason that I say that, I'm not a big Marvel head, but I love storytelling and I love endings. Those are my two big things, how the story is told and how it ends. And this was a unique take on telling a story that I have not seen. And I don't think that they could, I don't really think it could work outside of this. Like this shit was fire, how they told the story and how it was remained to be entertaining. Like the way that they were telling that shit was really, really good. So if you are on the fence about WandaVision, if you think you're not really into Marvel, like I'm not still check it out. It'll make you want to get into Marvel more. It's a really, really good series. I've been on this podcast for years telling niggas to watch Marvel movies. Um, I got called nerd, nerd alert. Rightfully so. All of that shit. And now niggas want to run back all the Marvel, all 25 of the Marvel. When nigga, I'm I've been with, I'm true to this. I'm done with phase one. I will be more of a Marvel head than you in four <laughs> days, probably. I will be schooling you on Marvel here in just a second. I like universes though. Like that's the reason. Like when, once, like that's the reason I like Game of Thrones. Breaking Bad was real good at it. Like any The Wire, any show that can build up a good universe and like you, you feel like you lost in the show while it's going on. I'm here for that. So, absolutely, man. Um, I have a put on. Shout out to my guy Plaza. Suggested a movie that came on. That was on Netflix. It's called I Care a Lot. I actually liked it. It was a pretty dope movie. Um, I think y'all should check that out, man. It's in the same vein as Gone Girl. It's got that same vibe to it. So if you're a fan of Gone Girl, lower those expectations because Gone Girl is completely flames. Lower those just a tad and you'll get I Care a Lot. It's on Netflix right now. Pretty, pretty nice watch, man. I wasn't mad at it at all. I'm going to hit you with the whole the, the line I hit J-Hove line. You don't listen to podcasts. You just skim through it. That was clearly my put on about uh, three weeks ago. I it absolutely recall. was. With Peter Dinklage in it, I said the same thing about the chick from Gone Girl. Yeah. So, yes. That, that was a pretty good movie. Did you like it? I did. I liked it a lot. I, actually, I rocked with it a lot. It was solid. I wasn't expecting that, man. I wouldn't have checked it out if it wasn't for him. I don't remember you mentioning it. You trying to take credit. <laughs> it was my put on. We sit right here and did this three weeks ago at this exact time. Mm. Facts. You might have made that up. No, it did not at all. Uh, either way, shout out to my guy Plaza for putting me on. <laughs> I checked it out. Disgusting. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Hey, man, guys, tell a friend to tell a friend, realvillemedia.com. Go to youtube.com slash realville. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, patreon.com slash realville. Get those album reviews. We got we did Rockefeller last month. 
Mr. We, uh, we, you, you, you might have teased the double disc that we might be reviewing this month. You never the know. Immunity came out in March. I'm Ooh. just saying, man. Hey, following along. Yeah, no. Y'all might want to check it out, man. Patreon.com slash Realville. Link is in the description. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, go to the YouTube page, rate, subscribe, like, Please. comment, and join the Facebook rap chat. Get in the conversation with this man. And as my guy Jay Hove says, the revolution will be podcasted. We out. All of